to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast, episode 138. It's been a little while. I'm here, Sam. And I'm Chris. How's it going? Good, good, good. We haven't caught up in about a week. Yeah, it's, it's, really, exactly it's, a week. it's really funny, eh? Because uh, Sam did get back a little late, and I'm sure we'll cover that uh, the other day. But he's, you've been back, what, three days? And I yeah, haven't seen you. Well, I went straight back into working at nights. So and, and I've been working early mornings. early mornings. And so we've been in the same house at the same, well, only the same time when we were both asleep, I guess. Um, and yeah, this, this morning I got up and was like, Oh, Sam, good morning. How was your trip? And he goes, we'll talk about it on the podcast. That's right. We try not to give too much away. So we have a um, proper... Uh... Yeah, a proper discussion because I literally have no idea about anything on his trip. And I have told him nothing about my um, movie uh, experience last week. Your movie week. experience. So last weekend. So yeah, so this would be cool. You can get to pick something from this topic board, Chris, because I don't know where you want to start off with this week because there's I, a lot of stuff. This may, this will be a longer episode. Yeah, because we weren't able to do an episode last week because we were, uh, you know, so um, different parts of the country. We know that the podcast is usually ideal time for some people to drive to work. Uh, do the dishes, or I think it was go for a crap, someone told us once. Yeah. So uh, um, this one you might want to save if you uh, need something for a bit longer. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, play it over a couple. Anyway, a couple of craps, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should have that as our slogan. The podcast you can multi-crap to. Actually, that, that leads into a topic I'm going to talk about later, actually. Uh, all right, right, make a note of that. Okay, so we're going to talk about ASMR because it's the first on the list and I'd forgotten all about it until I um, I just saw it now. <laughs> so this is before we left. Um, Let's paint a picture here. So part-time uh, flatmate and sometimes studio audience Jeff's here and he's got a really huge, amazing TV. And you yep. can look things up real easily on YouTube and things. Yeah. And Chris learned about this thing called ASMR um, and from his mastermind group. And he got told it was to help with migraines. Is that correct? No, no. I got, I got a link of an example of ASMR. So it's um, uh, using different audio tones and different parts of the head to elicit a response. And the guy that wants to use it wants to use it in his music. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. So he said, here's some examples. And he sent through uh, half a dozen examples of quite different ones. But one was a migraine um, video. Oh, yeah. And okay. I was like, ah. Uh, Okay, what's this one? And I've now subscribed. <laughs> wow, that, that's not a surprise should, at all. I should bring it up. She's got the best eyes. We'll ever. Uh, we'll share. I will share one of her ones on uh, the we'll, Christmas we'll share Facebook that migraine page. one because that's just epic. I thought so. Yeah. So we were. I said we were watching YouTube. The three of us in the lounge um, on Jeff's big TV. And um, oh, hang on, toffee's a bit being left out. And so, and so, um, I said, "Oh, I got one. Well, let's put this on." And these two are like, "What the what?" I think I yelled at the TV quite a bit. Um, she's so very- you want to explain what was going on? Well, this this lady has, I think, caught at the market because she's pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, she dresses up in different characters. I saw one where she was dressed up like Tomb Raider, and um, maybe a nurse or something. And then she'll. 
and it's hard to tell because we're watching on the TV. I think you do have to listen to it with headphones on for the best experience. Oh yeah, yeah, for the sound thing, totally. So it's to elicit a response if you look up ASMR, and it's sort of like um, if you're one of those people that get tingles up your spine, you'll probably like this. And this girl comes in and she's talking, but she talks all like this, and then she says, "Are you okay?" And um, how's it going? And just keeps talking like this all the time. And it's a bit creepy, actually. And, and she's really, really close to the camera, like really close to the camera. And she moves from side to side, which gets the the stereo, stereo effect on either side of. Yeah. So she's obviously got a microphone on either side of the lens, and that's sort of what she has to do to get that sort of thing happening but it also comes across as very provocative yeah that's i wonder why chris liked it but uh there was there was a guy with a clipboard eh? we wa- i watched that one oh, yeah. and he was doing the same thing so oh what other msr amsr videos are there and there's this middle-aged overweight dude dude with a clipboard it's like yeah it's not anywhere near as entertaining to me no anyway Okay, but good on him for giving it a go. I think he had quite a few views as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's interesting. So maybe check out AMSR. Um, I we will definitely put the migraine video we've been talking about in the show notes. A link to that in the show notes. I've got it favorited on my YouTube, so uh, oh, I can oh. get you the link. <laughs> oh, can you? That's good. Yeah, I'm glad that you favorited. I tried that. to listen to it one night to see with the headphones on, Seth. Yeah. You know, it gave me tingles or anything. I couldn't even finish it because it's like 30 minutes long. Yeah, they're I very think, long. I think, um, I think I last about 15 minutes when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> okay, could have made a comment there, but I won't. No, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. What's happening with Morrow, Max? This sounds like a workplace story and you've ordered 10,000 pallets or something. <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Um, is it just disappeared? Oh, there it is. Right, Morrow, Max. Um, it's really funny because I do get lots of samples, right? Yes, you and do. So, you get some random samples too. Yeah, I got a box of butterscotch Snickers the other day and they are fantastic. Where are they at the moment? I ate the lot. They're oh, all gone. Butterscotch. What? This is depressing <laughs> me slightly. <laughs> Um, but um, I got given a couple of Morrow Max. Now, they'll be out now, and they've just said, I, I oh. Did, I did see them in the supermarket. They said, oh, because we do what's called the oil channel, which is the gas stations, right? Yeah. Um, not BP. We do Z and uh, mobile and stuff. And, then, and I was told from head office, oh, you better buy, you know, a bunch of these. And I think they expected us to buy six cases. I've ordered Two cases. Yeah. Because I tried them. So Ronell Because it's I, dark chocolate, eh? Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I what think it was the hell I think it's supposed to be. They, they, he slapped two bars on the desk. Yeah. And they made a heavy thud. Okay. That didn't really come through as a heavy thud. That came through as a, a spring. Yeah. With the, the spring loaded microphones. But they came through with a, you know, heavy thud. Yeah. And then. Um, Renelle goes, oh, I'm going to have one of those. Uh, so she grabbed one and took a bite and chewed and chewed and threw the bar in the bin. Wow. I grabbed it. I'm not going to be defeated by a bar. Yeah. I ate three quarters of it and chucked the rest in the bin. It's just... It is like toffee. You've got to break it off in your mouth. Yeah. I'm not hearing any problems with this thing at the moment. And you just chew for ages. Honestly, I think it's terrible. It's terrible. If they were bite-sized, it would be fine. Yeah. 
but as a bar, you're breaking it, and because it's got the chocolate around and fucking crap. Crumbs you know, flakes, going everywhere. Flakes of chocolate breaking off everywhere. Oh, it's just, oh, no. Nah. It, it didn't taste too bad, to be fair, but no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's going to be a loser. Anyway, yeah. that's my opinion. If you um, I, I'm gonna, I try, need to try uh, one of these now. Try one of these. And what things, was the other one? And Butterscotch Snickers. Oh, Butterscotch Snickers is only just released. So the Morrow Max came out a week ago. Butterscotch Snickers. Actually, it might be tomorrow that it's released. Uh, and I, I had a um, an, an advanced... Um, tasting. Well, more than a tasting, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> um, but those really nice. Butterscotch Snickers. I can wholeheartedly recommend Wholeheartedly, that's a big recommendation there from Chris. Yep. Oh, you've got... Uh... Oh, TVNZ upset me this week. Yeah, so I... what happened with that? So this executive, who's the Deputy Director of Content, that doesn't sound like a real job title, <laughs> um, he's come out and said that Netflix is like a pet that makes people feel warm and fuzzy, but lacks in quality programs. He considered it more of a fad. I just want to see what and, you thought on that. And that annoyed you? Oh, I just... Yeah. At the moment, he suspects most people treat Netflix like a pet. It's nice to stroke and everyone feels warm and fuzzy about it, but you know there aren't that many great shows on Netflix, he said. There are some, but the brand's overhyped. If you search, you're not going to get much to watch, and um, it's better if you watch, uh, you know, normal TV. Okay, right, I've got a few things I can say to that. First of all, I do see where he's coming from. So I heard about Ballet 422 that I want to watch, and um, it's not on Netflix. I searched it, it comes up, Ballet 422, and then it shows you things that are like Ballet 422. Yeah, yeah, it's right? good like that. Um, and there were some others on my list that I checked, and none of which I could find. Right, so I'm like, okay. It is frustrating that we don't get all the things. Specific, particularly when they say, this is available on Netflix, but you're listening to American podcast, right? Yes. Because that's annoying. Yes, and we've just got the New Zealand Netflix because I couldn't be bothered sorting out the American Licensing. one again. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, somewhat frustrating. But anyway, um, so I get that point of view. It, obviously, Netflix doesn't have any current affairs because it's not that sort of service. No, right? no, it's not that platform. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, the fact that I can't get any TVNZ means that um, I'd much rather watch Netflix than nothing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm but I mean, the, just sitting through ads, constant ads on TV, yeah, and that's crap true. programming. I forget about, I forget about ads. Think because about I the just ads. Haven't watched it's, ads for so long. You sit there and watch an ad, and you just want to shoot yourself. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't think we've got great quality programs on TV, NZ or or TV three. You know, like I I, I struggle to think of a qu- any quality. I don't even know what's on now. New I haven't Zealand seen TV. TV show. I haven't I mean, seen TV in like a month. I don't watch it. I, People couldn't, always I go, couldn't watch Shortland Street, but obviously it's quality because I've been on it. But Of um, course, of course. But I, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, no, I, I struggle to think of anything quality but that talk, we do. But, well, actually, talking about quality programming on Netflix, um, the Roman Empire. Uh, and <laughs> and you... Uh, so currently you will find on New Zealand Netflix as well as overseas Netflix, the Roman Empire Reign of Blood. Oh, there we go. He knows what it's called now. <laughs> Yeah, and if you uh, watch through that uh, very carefully, was it the first? Ep- the- is it the first episode you make more 
your most appearances? I th- can't remember. I can't remember. I I I, you do I have, have more ke- than one episode, yeah. and I think the biggest face shot of me is in the second time I'm in there, which might be the third or fourth episode. Yeah, you do remember. have to keep an eye out, but once you see Chris, you'll never forget it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was cool. I had a lot of fun with that. We talked about it previously, but I was an assassin. It was the role. I, I didn't actually kill anyone, but I was a legionnaire uh, stationed in Alexandria. I was talking to the governor and saw him basically having an affair with some chick that I made eye contact with, which they cut out, but anyway. And then um, we filmed it, but it just didn't seem to be in the thing. And then some months later, I'm in Gaul uh, with Caesar, and the chick comes out of his tent, and I go, oh, that's his wife. But she was mucking around with the governor. So I go and tell the emperor that. Good stuff. Now, they've rung you. They got hold of you. For yes. This. They chased me up. They chased him up cool. because he's got the face of something. A Roman. A Roman. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? What so, can you tell us? So what can I tell you? Well, so, yeah, no, I got asked to come in as an action extra, which is like a, a sub-stuntman, I it guess. It is. It's like real sub. <laughs> yeah, very sub. But it was pretty cool. So um, that's healing now. Yep. That What caused... He's got this... Uh, scabby thing cut on his thumb uh now he's oh he's got one on his foot what caused those so swords uh swords on the thumb yeah uh actually the pommel of the sword actually the handle yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so uh i go in day one and i am actually i've got heaps of notes here so I'm going oh heaps of notes chris has been okay. taking notes so i want to talk about the dress and makeup because this is what you do, right? So you go in and you go, right, uh, you're going to be a gladiator. So I was a gladiator. There was only like four of us that were yeah. gladiators, um, plus the main characters, you know, but four extras that were gladiators. So that's cool. So I go in there and they go, right, first thing you do is you strip to your undies. Yeah. And you stand Spray in tan. this room with all these other people yeah, um, who are also being worked on. And somebody will dress you, dress you. So the first thing I get to put on are nappies. So okay. it's like a pair of undies that go over your undies. Yeah. Um, but they've got bits sewn onto them, cloth sewn onto them. Oh. So right. they, they feel like what I would imagine adult di- diapers would feel like. They're quite um, bulky. But that's just for a look. Yeah, like, that's just so... Because I then got a uh, loincloth that probably la- goes an inch below my buttocks. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's what I'm wearing. Right? Good times. <laughs> then she gives me these sandals. So this is a big problem. She gave me these sandals, and I put them on, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they fit all right. I don't like the look of them. She gets a bigger pair of sandals oh. and puts them, oh, this pair inside that pair. The tricks of the trade. And it was not good. So the the, ins- the, the sandals I'm sitting on had the uh, formed insole, yeah. you know, with the arch and all that sort of stuff. And it was quite thick. And then I've got another pair. So I'm, I feel like I'm on high heels. I'm learning to fight later on in the day in high heels, Wearing basically. double... Double sandals. So, you know, I was like, this is very Tom Cruise-esque. I'm like two inches taller now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't too good. Uh, so we've got that on. I've got leather armor. Oh, I can't really show you now. Maybe I can. I don't know. What are you doing? He's tr- undone his onesie a bit. Are you bruised? I got uh, abrasions all oh. over. Yeah. Oh, you can't see them now. Um, it was a w- week ago, anyway. Um, so I got leather armor, boiled leather armor. So 
a chest plate and back plate. Yeah. Um, straps in the sides. Uh, then uh, two pauldrons, shoulder pauldrons with uh, crisscross things, yeah. and a leather bracer on my right right wrist. That that's that. So you get all that on. Bit of mucking around to get it on. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Then they go right. Go to costume breakdown. Okay. Costume breakdown. You go outside the tent. And somebody then slaps mud all over your costume to make uh, it look right. Okay. I sort of said, because I, I said to him, like, so, oh, oh, I should say, this film was doing 90, oh, nine hours of television in total, in three weeks of filming. Oh, wow. Which is a ridiculously short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the day before I went up there, they had a big storm. I don't oh. know if you remember it, but there was a. Oh, yeah, lightning and all that up there. They were shooting on the beach and it was hailing. They didn't stop shooting. They just kept going. We had a lot of no-shows actually because um, <laughs> people were like frostbitten and stuff. Uh, One person had It'll be interesting to see what that footage is like. Yeah, I know. Um, obviously, I wasn't there. So anyway, um, so I, I was quite glad I wasn't there on that day. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of the stuff. And I said, well, wouldn't it be easier to do this costume breakdown and leave it? Because they wash the costumes every night. Yeah. And he goes, do you really want to be in a costume that somebody's sweated in for the last, you know, 10 hours yesterday? And I'm like, you got a point. And he goes, having said that, that's what they did on Games of Thrones. They never washed the costumes ever. They oh, washed right. them at the end of the season. I'm like, nice. ooh. And he goes, yeah, it's pretty grotty. So that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. So they slap mud on your, and on your costume. Then you go into makeup. And then they... I have I've got my hands out, sort of Jesus Christ looking figure, yeah. uh, with a loincloth, but but a bit of armor, and I have four women like dabbing me all over. What's the time frame from getting the costume on the other thing and then make two it? hours? Oh yeah, probably no, two hours. Will do. Yeah, ninety minutes to two hours. Yeah, and so you get all that, and oh yeah, um, yeah, no, that's that's right. So they did that, put some crap gel in my hair that I couldn't wash out the next day anyway um, oh and because they spray you with uh, they get a little brush and they flick flex on you as well okay. but that stuff's ink oh cool so at the end of the day you wash yourself oh, actually I had a quick wa- wash with a flannel went back to Carolyn's place where I was staying had a shower the shower ran brown like I because I'm pretty much head to toe covered in makeup right yeah and that's all right. And then we go out to the um, pub. I didn't realize I've still got the ink because it wouldn't wash uh. off on water. Um, spattered around my face. It looked um, funny. But anyway, so that's cool. So that's uh, the makeup part. Um, then uh, I had a lot of trouble all morning with that those high heels, and that's what rubbed that blister into my foot. So yeah. by lunchtime, I already had a popped blister, like yeah, rather no. large one on the sole of my foot. I got rid of the inside uh, sandals. Put some black socks on. I borrowed off somebody, uh, one of the stunties, and um, had those inside my uh, bigger sandals, and I was fine for the rest of the day. But we learned to, that first morning, I learned sword fighting. So I have this move. I'm going to demonstrate it now for Sam, which is bad for you guys uh, watching. I'll try and describe it. So you're doing a, a downward slice through um, well, the right collarbone. Right hand, downward slice, diagonal across the body. Yeah. Round back. Diagonal across the other side of the body. Yeah. A, a slit across the belly button. Yeah. Turn back a slit across the belly button. Coming up with an upstroke to get the artery, uh, femoral artery in the inner thigh. Yeah. Other femoral artery in the other thigh. Come down on top of the head. 
pull back and stab. Good time. <clears throat> so you learn to do that. Yeah. And then you learn the block for that, which blocking you do two-handed, and it's very small movements because you're defensive. So it's... Um, block, 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 block. Block, and then... Yeah. And uh, you put those together, and then the two of you just do that over and over and take turns of doing that. And it looks quite effective. So that's what we will be doing when you watch the film uh, or the series. So in theory... You should be on screen for a little bit longer than previous. I think so. Uh, it all depends on the tracking of the camera, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. whether I'm in, in shot or out of shot. Um, but, yeah, I'll be doing stuff this time a little bit more interesting. Uh, that's pretty cool. So that, that was cool. It was great to learn that sword fighting. So one of the things I learned, the the stunties were really good at teaching us, you know, so that's, yeah. you know, get somebody to teach us. And um, they said, don't. When you're sword fighting on movies, you don't hit each other's sword and stop. That looks stupid. It looks really bad on screen. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You go through and you blocks it and you just keep going through. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, that's so much better. That makes much more sense. And so we did that. And I think we did it really well. I actually got a bit of praise from the um, stunties at lunchtime saying, you know, I picked up really quick. So that was really cool. Um, So there was me and another guy, Darren. I wanted to shoot Darren in the head. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Darren was 21 and knew everything about everything because oh. he's done medieval um, reenactments. reenactments. Oh, he's the man. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he and, and we'd be stopped listening to the director and he's stabbing everybody. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. Like, oh, wow. It was so frustrating. But anyway, so was that. Um, okay. And then. We got to see the the main actors uh, fight. So the main stuntman Danny, yeah, and the actor I don't know what his actual name was, um, but you know, he's playing Caligula, and a young young Caligula, yeah. and they have a fight. This is the I main mean, action, cool. but that was so good. And the fact that this guy could act and fight was so impressive. I shook his hand afterwards. I was like, man, that was really cool. The one thing that he did slip up. He smacked, so uh, Danny's playing the scarred um, gladiator. He's the sort of boss gladiator, training gladiator in this ring um, where I'm sort of training off to the side. And he starts uh, training this younger guy who's obviously better than us, another stunty. And he sort of uh, humiliates him a little bit, you know, like drops into the ground, puts a nice throat, da-da. And they're they're fighting with wooden swords. And then um, Caligula goes, oh, I want to go. And he's like, uh, 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 you're the emperor. I'm not, I'm not fighting you. Da, 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 da. Exchange. And then there's a bit of a fight. So Danny's all, uh, uh, react, you know, just blocking defensive at first. Yeah. And then, you know, he gets to the point where he attacks a little bit and things go wrong. But um, uh, the actor smacks Danny across the forehead in one. Oh. Yeah, we, we filmed that over and over again. So I'm in the background. And I, you might see my reaction because they had other cameras on us doing reaction shots of what's going on. Like, yeah. this, oh, my God, what is happening here? This is huge you know, type thing. And um, But, yeah, um, he drew blood on Danny's forehead, gave him another scar. Yeah. <laughs> but with, a, you know, these rubber swords, but they're pretty hefty. So um, oh. that was interesting. So it was fantastic. So it was day one. 
day one. No, day one, wrapped up. And then they said, all right, uh, have a shave, because I was, you know, unshaven stuff, because gladiators can be whatever they want. Yeah. Um, Oh, and the other two uh, extras were doing um, fist work. They were doing grappling and fist work, which looked really good from a distance. I didn't get much of a chance to sort of talk with them too much, because any time we weren't um, doing stuff, you were practicing, right? So we just didn't have time. So it was cool. So, uh, second day. Shout out. out to Nate and Morgan. They were the other two extras doing the the thing. They were great. Uh, so they said, "Oh, go home, have a shave." Oh crap! I didn't bring a razor. I've got a big razor in my thing, yeah. so I I quickly shaved in the shower with not with just soap. Yeah. Um, and then I went out for dinner, and then we went home and looked at the mirror. I was like, "Oh my god, I've got tufts of." freaking hair places uh, and I was like Carolyn why didn't you tell me she goes oh, I didn't realise till we got there and it's like why should I tell you now good thinking good thinking <laughs> thanks Carolyn uh, anyway so uh, the next day I turn up sort of shaving I cleaned up a little bit more in the morning um, and uh, yeah they go oh no you're not going to be a, a centurion you're going to be a ghoul okay. so I was a ghoul yeah. you know what's great about being a ghoul what's that lots of boots oh. trousers tunic Vest. Oh, you I've only got makeup on my hands, <laughs> my forearms, because the tunic comes to about you know mid forearm. Um, nothing on my legs and bit on my face. I'm like, sweet, this is great. And decent boots. I didn't have blisters, so it was a lot warmer. Yeah, <laughs> in clothing. Um, so we did uh, some battle scenes. So we did uh, charging up the hill into battle. I did uh, another sort of... So I guess, how many of you guys were doing that? Oh, 20. Yeah, and 20 then they'll goals. just multiply you, I guess. No, we were, we were running up and looping up and coming through. So we'd go through like three times. Oh, and right. we might grab a different weapon on the next round through. Yeah. So it looked like uh, you know, loads of us. Um, I you might see me there because one of the guys is running up and he's a stunty. He gets hit by an arrow and drops the ladder. Another one of the stunties lifts the ladder up and holds it, and I grab it and keep running um, right in front of the camera. So maybe, maybe on uh, the ladder. Exciting! Rescuer. I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about the show, <laughs> but when you're watching something and you're pinpointing that someone you know, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. And then um, you're gonna love this. Okay. Then I Chris was Ice. a battlefield corpse. And yes, Chris Ice to a degree. So I, I they, they've got all these corpses around, mostly Gauls, a few Romans there. And they lie you down and this person comes and splats bit of blood on you and you're lying down. Yeah, you're comfortable? Yeah, because you're not going to be able to breathe or anything while we're doing this. All right. um, I was like, get some blood on my short sword. I don't want to look like I died, you know, yeah. without having done my bit. So they splash some blood over my sword. I'm lying on the... Th- on the forest floor. So we're in the forest. Oh, I've got to say, this forest too is great. But all the crew are wearing hard hats and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Twice. Was it? Branches. Branches. Just yeah. fall. Like crunch. It's like, holy crap. We're walking around looking up a lot. Yeah. Anyway. It's a so, hazard. Yeah, it totally was. So anyway, um, we're lying down. I'm lying down and I'm like, eyes open, eyes closed. Oh, i got to do eyes open. So I'm eyes open. I'm staring out. And they go... You hear the director somewhere behind me saying, all right, breathe shallow. We don't want to see anybody's chest rising and falling. The camera is moving around silently on foot. You won't be able to see where it is. Don't try and look. Just stay still until I say cut. Yeah. And so this is from behind me, right? I got my eyes open and I'm staring in one spot, like in yeah. a meditative meditative 
post. State. Yeah. I, I, I almost think I fell asleep. I know a couple of people pretty much did doze off during this because we were yeah. like that for quite a while. Um, but this fly lands on my forehead just oh. above my eye and it starts crawling around and I'm like, I don't know where the camera is, but I hope it's getting this. I'm not allowed to twitch. I oh. can't twitch. <laughs> I was, I, I was, and so I still don't know if that would... I, I might not even be on shot. I have no idea. I was or expecting you to say that the magic. guy walked up behind you and the camera just went over your face. I know. Well, he could... Because he was a, a distance away. And of course, you know what the light would zoom and stuff. He could have got a fairly close picture yeah. of that. Or not. I have no idea. So anyway, there's that. And then it rained really hard, which was good because it was after we did the lying down bit. And we did a uh, ambush of Roman soldiers. Um, and I'm in the deep back fighting. So yeah. there's a lot of fog through this forest. And you'll know because when the ambush ha- happens and I come running out, I'm the one that leaps into the air with the downward stroke. Because I'm, I'm sure all you'll see is a silhouette, if that. In the distance. So, so there's potentially a lot of Chris yeah, uh, a lot of different Chris. scenes for um, a few split seconds. And then we finally we're like, oh, is this over? Because it's a long day, right? And then it's um, lights starting to fade. And they go, right, we've got to get the ghouls getting into position. So in this wet forest that's been raining in now, we spent the next hour, uh, three quarters of an hour, um, squat squatting and running through the forest you know all oh, right yeah yeah my legs my yeah. knees are cracking i'm not the oldest one i think the oldest person there was 65 you know and yeah. it was oh my god that was painful yeah and one little battle scene which i wasn't part of and yeah and that was that was the day but yeah it was wonderful up until the point that i left what happened did you car get stuck did you lock yes, your keys in your car it was car related it sounded like a car related thing so there's a van on my left. Oh, I'm you, here. you're blocked in. I backed out here. I heard some tooting. I looked around. There was a car moving and going that way. I didn't see anything. Oh. I backed and put my tow bar into somebody's fairly new car. Um, the site, whereabouts on their car? Uh, just, uh, just before, just inside the hinge of the passenger door. Good place to be. So I jumped out, and he jumped out. He goes, "I tooted." I was like, "Yeah," I, but I still didn't see you because my Spoiler and stuff is so high, and the yeah. light there's no lighting in this car park, right? It's yeah. showgrounds or something, QMU showgrounds. I didn't see them at all. And it's uh, Scott, Scott, it was a great ghoul that I'd been working with all day, oh, that's really good. nice guy, and all the rest of it. He goes, It's a bit of a love tap, and I looked down, and my tow bar had punted his door. Uh. So I was like, Ah, it's a bit more than a, uh, a love tap. So we ch- traded uh, photographs Details. of uh, licenses and phone numbers and stuff, and I haven't heard from him yet. He was going to get a quote. But, of course, you know the kicker. I, I know where this is leading. Fill yeah. in the audience, Chris. The fill in the audience bit is the fact that when I was really broke, I got a bill to renew my insurance, but I wasn't driving anywhere because I didn't have any money, and so I couldn't pay for my insurance, and so I'm not insured. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, he said, oh, I just got insured. I was like, phew. All right, what's your access like? He goes, I don't know, but it's only third party. I was like, oh, crap. So his uh, insurance isn't going to pay for his, the damage to his car. No. So, so I have to. 
Okay. <laughs> well, you know. Look so, for- so that weekend was a net loss in ter- financial terms, but it was great fun. So, well, that's, that's the main good. thing. That, that was the main thing. All right. So that's my big. How how long is it, have I been waffling? Oh, on? Oh, you've been waffling on for about thirty minutes now, Chris. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad it was riveting stuff then. Uh, <laughs> it was. I mean, it's great to hear what's going on in the film world. All right. Um, oh, and uh, you saw that we were in. I was. On that last day on Friday, I was on stuff. Um, so my yes, yes, um, your story about uh, only humane. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite cool. And I, all, I, I just I showed w- one person on the bus on the way back to the car park. Yeah, um, Nathan or oh, Nathan and Morgan that I mentioned before. I showed them. Like, oh wow, look at this! Check this out. So that was cool. But you know, you can't go around the thing. Go, I'm an award-winning filmmaker uh, in a, in a set like that because that's like it's a bit dicky. It's, it's more than dicky. So, yeah, it was like, I want to tell people, but I can't tell people. The only so. thing I didn't like with that article is they really should have mentioned who was who uh, in the sub, in the caption. Because oh, right. the director, I assume, is the person in the front. I just assume that, but that's you. Oh. Like, if, if you show that to someone and no one... and no they one don't know who's who. No, yeah. they don't know who's who. I'd be like, oh, okay, Adam's probably the guy in the front because he's the director. And right. the guys the back. That's the only thing I thought about that. I never, yeah, good point. Never thought of that. So yeah, that also appeared in the recent Hamilton Press, which I can't find. I haven't. I don't know if we've got one here. Yeah, we get the Hamilton Press. So it I know. Be, Maybe it's in the bin over there. Maybe because uh, we keep getting the stupid free New Zealand Heralds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you agree to that, or did they just yeah, start doing it? Okay. Yeah, I did. I'm just. I was thinking. Well, I didn't, but. Yeah, I always agree to it because I'm like, oh, we can always use it, it for something. It always seems like a good idea at the time, and then when it yeah. turns up every single day, clogging up everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, on to you and your stories of your travels. Or, or do you want to talk about your microphone because that came beforehand? No, no, microphone's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was heading down to Christchurch uh, for the weekend, and then we were traveling down to Alexandra to go see a production of Greece. Um, by the Alexandra musical, uh, whatever group, and uh, so it was all good. Got up to Auckland, and I was flying Jetstar, and Jetstar and their wisdom. I've never had this happen before, and I really wish they were all consistent with this. When before you can get on the plane, we have to weigh every single person's bag. Carry on, right? So you can only take on seven kilos. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be over because I've got a camera tripod in my bag. I knew that. So that was all good. So I went up and I thought I better find out what I am. So I put it down and I was um, like 8.4 kilos. Yeah. And she said, look, you're going to have to sort that out. Um, I I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. So I shot off and I put on like almost all my clothes. And then I went back. Because you had all carry-on. You didn't have anything. Yeah, and I traveled really light, um, had carry-on. And I had my raincoat in my hand when I went back to her and I was... And so I put it on there and I was 7.15. And she went, oh, okay, that's good. But she said, you're going to have to have that with you, like the jacket with you. Because I was like, I can put it on. Yeah. And I just looked like a weirdo in a raincoat. Um, but as soon as they tag your bag, you can just put everything back in your bag and no one, it doesn't matter. So these other, so people really do take advantage of it because um, it's seven kilos per person. And his husband and wife turned up and they weighed the bags. And he says, well, I'll just take everything out of my bag and I'll put it in her bag to split the weight. And the woman said, yeah, that's right. But you're 12 kilos. Just you. you, you your two bags is 12 kilos. 
you can't split the weight to her because there's no way. And he said, well, can I check it in? And she said, you can, but our check-in's closed, so you have to do it via the people at the gate, and that's $70 a bag. And he was like, okay. But other people, you could see them like groups of three and four, crap. So they start splitting out all their gear as fast as possible. Yeah. So that was all good. Got down there. Really uh, no worries. No amazing stories from the airplane. You um, didn't sit, sit next to some talkative person. Oh, there, no, nah, there was Because you always do that. <laughs> there was a girl next to me, 22-year-old from Auckland, and it was the first time she'd flown by herself at night. And that was all good. And then next to her was a lady who brought a house in Rakaia, which is south of Christchurch, and only goes there once every four weeks. Yeah, of course. What else, why else in, would you? Well, originally, <laughs> initially she's going to live there, but um, long distance travel and commute and then works in Wellington, but is in Auckland? I don't know. doesn't matter. Some people travel a lot. Some people do. It's crazy. Went and checked out Escape Masters, which is one of those room escape oh, places. Oh, right. So we have to do the the local one at some point. You've yeah. done it. No, you haven't. No, I haven't done the local one. Yeah, we should definitely do that. It's in London Street, no? There's two of them, I think. Oh, right. I, I know where one of them is anyway. Yeah, one is London Street. Very cool. Uh, we went in and we did the... Uh, there's different stories you can do. So we did the prison break. Ooh, yeah. And uh, we're not... You're not supposed to talk about the puzzles and that, which is fine. Um, but... They said, um, you've been in prison wrongfully for something you didn't do. The warden um, feels that you you are uh, wrongfully imprisoned. So they're um, going to turn a blind eye for 60 minutes and they've left you some clues and you have to escape from your prison cell. Oh, sweet. So this place um, is like a old, real weird looking office building. Yeah. And you go in, and then she took us across the car park into another building, and they're building, I think they've got four rooms at the moment, and they're building more. And she goes, okay, you're um, wrongfully imprisoned, uh, you're going to be handcuffed. Okay, so she puts on proper handcuffs. Oh, wow. And she said, there's no safety release, you've got to find the key. Uh, and when you're in the rooms, there's three cameras in the corners. So are you in a cell-type room? Nah, it's like an office room with a door, and there's t- but it's, it's dressed up like a cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two beds, a desk, a bunch of drawers everywhere. And a lot of what you have to do for this one is work out combinations to open drawers and find keys to open all these padlocks. Right. There's about 10 padlocks we had to open to get all the stuff we needed. Yeah. Um, And there's cameras watching. So the person that's running it, who's the woman that took us over, she's actually outside watching everything you're doing of our computer screens. And every now and then you'll hear, she gives you a radio and it clicks and she's the warden and she... She'll check up on you, and if you get real stuck with something, you can say, oh, I've done this, and then she'll give you some real cryptic clue. All right. Yeah. So what you need to do in this situation is have very, very clear communication because... With who you're with. with your, yeah, yeah. Because at one point I said, I've checked the pillow. Other people heard, there was three of us, they heard that as, I've checked the pillows. There's two pillows, but I only checked one. So... The first thing most people would do would probably find the key to get out of handcuffs. Um, it took us 48 minutes to get out of this room, and I think we had handcuffs on for half that time. 
And the key was in the pillow. In the other pillow. Yeah. When I picked it up and shook it, I heard a jingle. I was like, oh, I found the keys. But apart from that, I was doing everything in handcuffs, uh, which is fun. Um, you know, it's uh, confidence building. So, you, so you're, you're in the room with other people that turn up at the time. So no, people no. you don't know? Or, no, no, no. Or they're all people? Yeah, 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 yeah. My oh, friend right. Sarah and her son. And uh, it helps when you have a maths genius with you. Um, so there was one puzzle... And it was just a sheet of paper, and it just had symbol, symbol. Oh, symbol plus symbol equals this. Symbol plus this equals this. Uh, symbol minus this equals this. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the bottom it goes symbol, 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 symbol. And you had to work out what all the symbols meant. And that was it. And no word of a lie. He looked at it, and he looked at it, and he went, after about 10 seconds, he just went, oh, yeah, I know what those numbers are now. And he wrote it down, and we we're like, how, are you sure? And he goes, I can explain it to you if you want. And we're like, nah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and you put the combination in and it worked. Yes, but we almost put it into the wrong thing, oh. which would have stuffed us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a few things that trick you, trick you a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Like they made us do something and we couldn't work out why. And it's because something else happened, but you don't notice it. Uh, it was very clever. And then we finally got out and the woman says, well, 48 minutes for three people is really good. And she goes, I can't believe how fast you worked out that masp thing. And yeah, we're yeah. like, yeah, well, that's what he does. So he just, like, I, w- I don't know. I reckon it would have taken me 20 minutes probably just to work out that one problem. Wow. Because I can't, I'm not good with masks. And it would have just been trial and error from one to nine. Yeah. Working. <laughs> Let's just try it. <laughs> Let's brute force this problem. So <laughs> the next room, um, the next room is an FBI room, apparently. And that follows on from this story. We are now the FBI finding the people um, who who actually did the crime. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't do that, but let's do that next time. It was really cool. Really oh, cool. cool. Well, we definitely should do the one here and maybe do a couple of um, get some people live Facebook feeds within it without giving anything away. You know, just you, you, it's weird because she said you can leave all your stuff outside, and she said you can take your phone with you. You just can't take any photo or video in there. All right. And okay. I was like, oh, I'll just leave my phone outside. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, I think a lot of them won't have the same problems, but I sort of understand how they work in a general sense. Mm. But I like, when I went in there, I was like a madman and I was just pulling, like, you know, there's books on a bookshelf, they're there for a reason. So I was like flicking through them and pulling crap out and they're like, whoa, you're going pretty hard out. I was like, yeah, well, I've got to get as much stuff as I can. Because <laughs> at some point I'm going to get stuck. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is you've got to have multiple pieces of things to solve one puzzle. So yeah, yeah, anything yeah, yeah, that yeah. looks out of place is usually there for a reason. Right. Uh, a couple of things that threw me. Must must take I wonder how long it takes them to reset the room after you. Well when when before when we turned up she said, Oh I need a few more minutes. I'm still resetting the room. Yeah. And once we finished and we had stuff and crap all over the place, I was like, Whoa. Because she has to set it up exactly the way it has to be done. Holy yeah. crap. So it was very cool and I yeah, really liked it. Um then, That's cool. Sounds great. Then the next day, I'm it jealous. was a, a long drive down to Alexandra with lots of stops on the way. And one of those stops is a place called Fairley. And uh, Fairley's a little... Have I been there? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So Fairley's pretty cool. And uh, they got a museum there. Uh, we stopped at the museum in um, Geraldine. Uh, and it was pretty crap. It was just a normal museum. And we didn't check out the uh, car museum there, but the Fairley people said, oh, that's really, really expensive. Um, and the Fairley Museum, it's great because there's a cafe at the front, and then to the side it says museum entrance down the side. And it's a turnstile, like a giant one, but it's a pay one. And it, you're supposed to pay $6 and put it in a slot, and then you can go through this giant turns table thing. 
turnstile. Um, You're supposed to. Well, no, because you go. But having learned how to pick locks in my previous day, <laughs> yeah. no, you um, you you go into the cafe and there's another entrance, and she said, "Oh, no one's ever got six dollars in coins on them." She said, "We'll let you in." You go through this door, and I asked where I was from, and I said Hamilton, and she's like, "Oh, I'm from Hamilton." This, the woman running this cafe, she goes, "We've we've just started running this. We've run it for the last two weeks." And um, the other woman was from Auckland. And I said, how long have you been here? 17 years. Never go back. I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, but she said, we've got the museum and it's all set up and here's a map and stuff. And then out the back, there's a little street. And across the street is another big building. And that's where all the vehicles are. Now, we that's locked. But if you want to look at the vehicles, we can ring someone. And they'll come and open it for you. Yes, do that. So this guy turned up called Dick, who was American. And, uh, of course he was. <laughs> yeah. He basically took us on a guided tour of the whole place and then took us over the road to the, see the vehicles. And it was like, because uh, they're all privately owned, so that's why. And the people just swap out vehicles And because he, he went in there and he says, oh, that truck's gone. Oh, but that's here. Oh, they've swapped them around. And this one guy that lives in Fairley seems to own half the vehicles in this big shed. Yeah. Uh, and there was, uh, I'll show you a photo. I haven't sorted out my photos yet. But there was this army jeep looking vehicle that didn't quite look right and it was like green like army but i was like what's going on and he said oh this guy wanted a farm vehicle and he basically built it from scratch and modified something else and someone was selling ammunition boxes from the army for like six cents each or something some stupid price back in the day and he brought a whole bunch and the whole body of this ute thing is ammo boxes (laughs) <laughs> so that's pretty cool and then uh i kid you not the coldest part of my whole trip and there were many cold parts was when we went into this museum room so this big big old railway station type building thing yep. all multiple rooms and he says oh i'll take you into the photo room we've got this room where they we haven't opened it up to the public yet but um we're setting up all these photos of um you know the area and yeah, yeah. That. and he opens this room and it's the coldest place I've ever been in my life. I don't know why. This room was so cold. It was almost colder. I, I, it may have been colder than the Antarctic room at the Antarctic Center. It was colder than the snow-filled mountain. It was just mental. The rest of the place was okay. It was just this one room. Holy crap. So that was weird. Um, we carried on our way, went to, uh, saw giant fruit in um, Cromwell. That's it. Saw the dam at Clyde. The weather was amazing. All fine and good. Ended up in Alexandra. Um, had drinks and dinner at Montee. Stayed in a log cabin shack thing, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how was that? Was that... Really Did it cool. have all the um, ModCon electric sockets and everything else? Or Yeah. It, when, I, it, when I say it's a log shack, it's not really. It's more like a Lockwood-type home using a system from Scandinavia, and it's built in Christchurch. Oh, right, 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 right. It was right, all right. interlocking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gotcha, gotcha. But from the outside, it looked like a shack. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it was real nice. And went and saw the production of Grease. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That was the whole point of going to Alexandra. Yes. It? Uh, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> it was interesting. No, no, it was good. <laughs> it was just uh, they held it in a war memorial hall. And when the music started playing, the curtains were closed. And I was like, man, it'd be really cool if they had a live band. Because there was no band there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And as the curtains opened, the band were up in the roof above the stage playing. 
Oh, wow. And the reason for that was apparently they've done productions before and the band's been in the front like normal. Yeah. But they're so loud, people couldn't hear what was happening on the stage. So, so for this, they put them up. up. Yeah, it was interesting. And it's an interesting idea. Their yeah, set cool. was pretty cool, and some of the actri- actors in that were amazing. And they're all high school kids, most of them. Um, even some of the ones that you were like, I'm sure that's like a 30-year-old. No, no. Like oh, a 17-year-old. Wow. Cool. All done up. Um, so that was good. And then um, it was cold the next morning, and we were semi-confident we were going to get back through to Christchurch because they had a flight that night. Uh, we stopped, I don't know if you saw this tweet, I was tweeting the odd thing, uh, stopped in a place that was super, super depressing for no actual reason, uh, Twizel. Never stop at Twizel. Uh, I don't know if it was the time of year or what, it was just so depressing. I was like, who'd want to stay here? Oh, and it really? seemed pretty big, like it had this massive hotel on the corner and we stayed. I think Levin's like that, eh? I asked people on Twitter what places and everyone said Blenheim. <laughs> Oh, no, I like Blenheim. Well, apparently Blenheim's the place for most other people. So that was all good. So we get into Tekapo, and it's snowing. And we're like, okay, this is going to be a bit touch and go. So we drive down the road, and you get to the bit where there's a big sign. And it said, uh, chains only, drive with care. Sweet. That means we can drive it, but we have to go get chains. So we turn around. We go to the challenge in Tekapo, which is pretty, they're real helpful there. And they're selling chains to everyone. Like, I don't know how many packets of chains they have out the back, but it must be hundreds. Yeah, yeah. They also have a quad bike with a snowplow on the front, and this girl's just driving around their forecourt, plowing the forecourt. Oh, wow. That's that's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And then while we're standing there sorting out these snow chains, because I've never put snow chains on before in my life. No, I haven't. I've never, yeah. And, And the instructions are like, half broken English sort of don't make much sense and they've got diagrams and you're like I think that's around the right way but um, everyone there doesn't know how to put snow chains on so there's Asians and all sorts and um, so we're waiting and the fire siren goes up and that's that video I showed you yeah yeah and um, so that's all good and the I, I go get the young guy that's been putting snow chains on I've seen him doing it and I said can you come check this to make sure this is right because I there's one bit I couldn't work out what it clipped to and he goes, no, that's really good. Yeah, that makes sense. He goes, I've only ever put them on twice before. <laughs> I was like, oh. He goes, you're more of an expert than I am. Oh, I was God, like, that's okay. hilarious. So off we go again. And this time, there's a fire engine blocking the road, a guy with a stop-go sign uh, saying the road's closed. It's snowing hard out. And there's about five cars, and everyone gets out. So I wander up, talk to this guy, and he said, look, the police have closed the road. Uh, no one's getting through tonight. Um, basically there was a big car crash and oh, then wow. the snow came and then they said nah yeah, yeah so it was all good so then we go back and we're like oh, we'll park the car outside challenge that's okay and then we went across the road to the godly hotel godly and we went into their uh, little lounge area and we sat there and we're like do you have any rooms no no rooms okay so that's all good and there's like this um, Dutch family I think they were they were there just hanging out and they were cool and then um, they, all these people were coming in trying to make phone calls like hard, fast as you could because there's no accommodation in Tekapo. Right. There's no accommodation. And it's like, what are we going to do? And I said, oh, I probably, I'm just going to sleep in this chair. I, I don't know. I, there's nothing we can do. I can't, I'm not sleeping in the car. It's just the two of you at this yes, point? Yes, two yeah. of us. I'm not sleeping in the car. That's just mental. They can try and kick me out, but that's not going to happen. Um, 
so that was all good. And then I went across the road to buy a, not a Moro thing, but a chocolate bar. And then I come back and there was all these people at the reception area of this hotel. And um, I said, oh, they got rooms now. And the woman looked at me and she said, well, they've closed the road and a whole busload of people aren't coming tonight. So they've just opened up all those rooms. I was like, yes, yes, I want a room. And this young guy came in who looked like he was freaking out. And he said, hey, um, oh, how, how much are the rooms? I said, oh, I heard him quote someone 200 before. And then um, he goes, oh, my God. Because oh, he didn't have any money. And then uh, it was actually 149. Uh, I said, you know, they said oh, it's 149. And he goes, oh, okay. And then he wandered off out the door. So I don't know where he went. <laughs> oh, no. uh, so that was all good. Stayed the night in this really old room. It had a bottle opener mounted to the wall above the sink. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Of course it did. It did. It was, it was old and uh, it was cool. And I'm surprised you didn't get a photo of that. I do. I do. I'll show you later. <laughs> of course you did. And, right, um, yeah, it was good. The snow was pouring down and we had to, obviously, the, the buffet dinner, we had to eat there and had breakfast and stuff. And the buffet dinner was like all random stuff. The weird Asian guy had made it all, but it was all right. And then we went outside, and uh, all the there was a kid rolling, making a giant snowball. It was like uh, almost by the time they finished, it was almost my waist height. Oh wow! I was pushing it every, everywhere we went. We saw these kids, and I said, "You know, it'd be really awesome." And they're like, "What?" And I said, "You know that swimming pool that's like frozen over in between all the rooms? You throw it in there." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend says, "No, no, no! Don't listen to him." Uh, <laughs> so they didn't do that in the end um, And then we left the next morning And the road was open And oh, they, the, the, car, the car was frozen solid with ice uh, So I managed to get the back door open And then I climbed to the front And I smashed the, wing mirror, uh, the rear vision mirror off the vehicle And then it took about yes, what, what? I climbed from the back of this RAV4 to the front to get in the driver's seat to start the engine. Yeah. Uh, and while I was doing that, I somehow smashed the rear vision mirror off it with my elbow. Oh, the in the in the in the car, yeah. Car. Yeah, right, okay. That was all good. Uh, and I managed to get like the passenger door open, but the driver's door didn't open for like another hour and a half. So I was driving, and um, so we drove all the way back. And the AA suggests driving twenty-five kilometers with chains, right? And the roads are terrible. Like they've iced some of, it, they've gritted some of it, and some of it they haven't, and some of it's just covered in snow. And you're just like, yeah, that feels like a good speed to be driving at, right? And then you have everyone overtaking you, or lots of people, in two wheel drive cars with no chains, at like fifty or sixty kilometers an hour. <sighs> and you're like, how are you not dead? Um, so there was about five abandoned cars on the road and three crashed cars wow. on that big stretch. Uh, ended up back at Fairley, then we cut back down through um, heading towards Timaru, and then you bypass Timaru because no one wants to see that. And uh, yeah, so I had to rebook a flight, and um, but for some reason I ticked a box when I paid for the flight, and I paid an extra $10 for some sort of travel insurance. Nice. So at the moment, I've put a claim in for an extra flight, emergency accommodation, and food. We will see if I get all that money. Nice. That's really cool. Um, yeah, as opposed to my not having insurance for my car when I possibly would could really, really use insurance for my car. And yeah, the, Scott, get back to me with how much I owe you, brother. And uh, just before this trip, I brought a trade-me purchase, which was a $5 
uh, FM transmitter thing so I could play podcasts from my phone to the car stereo. Oh, right. Didn't have a plug going in, but this thing worked really well. And when I got there, the guy, and I'm sure I've brought something off this guy many years ago because I'm sure it was the same place I went to. He goes, oh, here you go. Oh, here. And he gave me this little... <laughs> that's not racist enough. No, that's what he's saying. It's not. No, it's no not. He gave me this little foil-wrapped thing called a share plum. Oh, that's right. And yeah. it's from the Blissful Miles group. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember you telling me that. And uh, it's something that appeared in Taiwan, uh, and it's got uh, natural plum, pure natural herbal formula. <laughs> and when he gives it to me, he says, oh, give this a go, give this a try. He says, but... On the second day, you'll empty your bowels a lot. So basically... See, you didn't do this while you're on holiday. No, I'm doing this uh, when I have nothing on and I've got days off work and I may be camping out in this bottom toilet down here just in case. Okay, all right. Uh, so, uh, so It does intestinal cleaning and this brochure is in broken English. So you haven't tried it yet that's coming up this is something for our listeners to look forward to so next week so if you're eating if you're eating food right now (laughs) i'd pause and then um come back because um yeah it it, yeah apparently after four to eight hours i'm going to uh all my intestines will come out within eight hours large black sheets of intestinal virus with bowel poison is excreted it's very interesting pamphlet (laughs) Um, oh my god! I, I'm just trying to think where I have to be this week. Uh, <laughs> away from here. Uh, yeah, I'm a, oh, actually, I um I got phoned up from Paulette, somebody or other. I've forgotten her last name now. Um, who I have on my Facebook because I met her at the filming of Older. I did uh, six months or whatever ago. So she called me up and she goes, hey, we're casting for an ad and um, how would you be for this? And I was like, oh, I can't do it. It's got to be in the weekend. I can't do weekdays anymore. She goes, all right, I'll go back to them, see if they want to do it in the weekend, do an ad for um, a television commercial for vitamins. So that might pay well. And all I could think, because this was just after uh, my weekend, was maybe it'll pay for the car. (laughs) To be fixed. And I really, really need to get insurance now because I'm driving to and from work going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I need insurance. (laughs) You should sort that out Um, very quickly. The only other thing that I had, did you hear about the location that they're going to put the Waikato Regional Theatre? No. So, you know, Founders closed down. Oh, so that's totally, that's not, they're not going to try and fix that up. Well, while they've brought over a world expert um, theatre Building architect, cr- whatever, thing. yeah, yeah, and it's very interesting because um, Yvonne's really involved with the yeah, yeah, no, so yeah, yeah. if you check out her Facebook page, there's great updates on that, right? And she was having an argument last night with um, Mark Bunting, I think it was, and I'll oh, cover right. that in a second. So it, this caught her by surprise because they talked about looking at founders, doing something at the university, Rivoli? something at Claudelands, Rivoli, and all these places, and their top recommendation is the old, I can't remember what the building is, but basically it's the building that Easy Tiger's on at Victoria Street, on the corner there. Ah. That whole building, the whole thing. They said that has the capacity, it has the ability, and that's their top pick, and they're saying that's where you should do it. That's not a bad choice. Surprising, though, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Because so, that's been empty upstairs quite a bit. So that's got Blue Rock as uh, Blue Stone 
Yeah, I think well, that's eh? what they talk about. Yeah, yeah. So you go. Pa- I often go past the uh, front door set and go, "Who lives there?" Like, well, apparently it's they can they can put a whole theater in it and gut the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so, but you, it looks like an old building, right? It looks like, oh yeah, gut that, put that in. Oh yeah, and in two years you're going to have to earthquake proof it. Well, I guess they do the earthquake while they set up the theater. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but that'd be quite good. The only negative I would say is parking. That's the argument that was happening last year. They looked at it. They looked at truck um, accessibility, and they said that's fine. Trucks can get in and out of there with stage equipment. I don't know how, because when you go down that side street, there's a big driveway thing on yeah, the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then car parking, I think Mark Bunting was winding her up, Yvonne, and she was saying, look, it's eight minutes. Aw- it's an eight-minute walk away from thousands of car parks. That's true, because there's the car parks um, opposite the um, Asian Retirement Centre there, yep. just by the church, whatever it's called, yep. uh, by the Meteor. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big car park there. That's like two minutes walk max. Because Knox she is two minutes walk. Because yeah, she max. started comparing it to the Civic in Auckland. Yeah. And she said, "Well, it's the same argument, and they, they you got to walk twelve minutes or something from there." So this uh, consulting no, it group sounds good. But so I'm into that. Be interesting. I'd, be, I'd support that. So that's the top. Pick and at it's the moment. Um, you know five minutes walk from home. That's right. Yeah. Which, anyway, which is what we sort of need is sort of five minutes walk to get the frozen joints to move. Uh, in this hellhole of ice. We're going to start calling this flat Hoth, I think, at this point in time. <laughs> okay. Um, Jeff was at work. It's been real cold at work. You know, we get that uh, is it southerly coming in the inwards goods. And Jeff's at work all day the other day. This is our uh, absent uh, studio, uh, studio audience member. But he... Um, He's at work all day in shorts. Everybody's freezing. He's like, nah, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Now he shows up. Um, and then he comes to comes home last night, last night, the night before, and he goes, holy crap, and he puts a coat on. And I think he was saying when he's going to bed, he's going to wear the coat to bed. Like, that's how cold it is at this place at the moment. So, not that I'm moaning. I'm just showing how tough I am. I don't know if I've become um, used to the cold, but I'm not finding it that cold here today. Yeah, well, I mean, after Tekapo, I mean, I haven't. Se- I don't think I've ever been in snow falling like heavy snowfall. Oh, it was snowfall. great! So I've much never, snow. Never been in. And, I've, and you can see how people get snow blind because you're driving down this road and everything beside you is just white. And after a while, you start zoning out a bit, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to look I, somewhere else. I did. Um, I did spend a day on a mountain, Rupehu, and really um, sunny. And I, I was young; I was about seventeen, I think. Um, didn't have sunglasses, didn't know anything yeah. about it, and was in agony the next day. Like, Not good. Yeah, We're yeah. going to have to wrap this up. We definitely have we, to wrap this no, up. No, only because I think the battery's going to die in this thing. Yeah. We are. Uh, this is a double episode. We're over an hour. So hope you guys enjoy it. Let us know about your snow problems, if you're cold or if we're just in a third world house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, check out the com for all the show notes, links, and photos, and video. And the video of the AMS, ASMR, AMS, yep, Chris wants people to watch that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, have a good time. Uh, until next week, I'm Chris. I'm Sam. And you can find us on at Chris and Sam Pod on Twitter. Uh, the Chris and Sam Podcast on Facebook. Or the Chris and Sam Podcast.com. Okay, see Until ya. next week. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.